0: Hey, how's it going and welcome to 23.976. This is a show where we talk about films and other storytelling mediums and how they make us feel. And today we'll be talking about The Batman. Ah, I got you! <laughs> I got you! I just want to jump straight into this because... I have a lot to say about the film, and I kind of want to keep this concise but also detailed and just have a light conversation about this film um, and trying to really elaborate on what I'm trying to get at with this because I have a lot of interesting thoughts sort of in the direction of this film. I love Matt Reeves' work on the Apes films. I'm a big Apes fan. Uh, just his work on, on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and and, and and War for the Planet of the Apes, those are just some of my favorite sort of big blockbuster franchise films. They're sort of peak cinema in terms of just these big money-loaded IP-based films. I, I'm, I'm usually sort of a bit lukewarm on a lot of this sort of stuff, but these films just really shine above a lot of modern blockbusters for me. Um, and it, a lot of that comes down to sort of the love and craft and and focus and attention to, the, to, to, to detail that Matt Reeves puts in his work. He's very character oriented, but he's very sort of world focus and world building focus. Which is it's it's just this really immaculate detail. You can tell that during the script writing process, he's you know having a back and forth with his, with his production designer, with his cinematographer, with his editors. He's he's just always forward thinking with his work. He's always on the money with what with what, and how he wants to approach his work. Um, I, I've seen Cloverfield, his, you know, it's one of his sort of big debut films and sort of the, the very sort of um, mainstream landscape. And that's sort of the, the, the entirety of the work I've sort of seen from Matt Reeves. So I've not seen too much, but what I've seen has been really high quality um, Cloverfield sort of being one of the weaker ones there but still quite strong um but for me it's really dawn uh, dawn 100% dawn is is still his best work and 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 war is just a f- fantastic film for, for the source material that it is and I think he's almost the perfect guy to bring on to this project because he's able to take the source material that is is sort of originates from this this really old um, and very sort of um, odd material. You know, you have these old 1968 films uh, or this 1968 film franchise, which was centered around a world um, taken over by apes and being able to Approach that material and say, let's let's see how we can really sort of realise this in a very sort of mature, very methodical and very um, very character driven, uh, very humanity driven angle. And that's sort of like the the strong point of those films is that they're about apes, they're about <laughs> they're about monkeys that take over the world, <laughs> but it's so driven by. Um, by a desire to explore humanity, and if you've seen the Batman, um and I'm hoping you have because i I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'll probably get into light spoilers. I would hope that you've seen the film. It'll be quite vague, but I'm sure that there'll be there'll be just inevitable spoilers in this. I'm pretty lax with 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 how I talk about things. So I hope you've seen the Batman come back if you if you if you haven't seen the Batman, um, but if you have, Man, check out the Apes films if you, if you haven't. Um, Rise was not directed by Matt Reeves, still a very strong film. But then he comes in swinging for that second film, and especially the finale as well. Um, this Dawn being definitely the strongest of the three. Um, but I just love his stuff, and as I said, yeah, approaching something that could be considered quite ridiculous. Um, the the idea of of a of a Batman, a man that dresses as a bat. Um, and becomes a crime noir detective uh, vigilante, and uh, is secretly sort of this rich billionaire that sort of has you know this building that overlooks the city. But during the night, he's he's hiding in the shadows and taking out you know, criminals and, and, and gangsters and mobsters. Um, what a ridiculous sort of premise to, to go at, especially, you know, in its you know, 1966, you know, origin uh, movie adaptation and all the way back to its origins in comics. It's always been this ridiculous concept that obviously has been adapted to film and and has been adapted many times in, in, in comic history to, to, you know, approach it in a more serious manner. Um. And it's been achieved in a very serious manner, especially in film with with Christopher Nolan's films and and even in Zack Snyder's films. they they, they, they do approach this almost ridiculous character in this very sort of in this very serious tone. Um, but I still, you know, I still think that Matt Reeves, especially with his work on Apes and the way he sort of treats that that material, he's one hundred percent one of the, the perfect directorial choices for this film and. After seeing this film, it's it's just clear that he's an absolute creative to a force, and he just elevates this, you know, the standard for, for for comic book movies. Once again, you know, Chris Nolan did that with his Dark Knight films, and I and I'll get into those films. I'm not I'm not huge on Chris Nolan personally, and I'm not massive on those films I appreciate them a lot as 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 you know a piece of work but I'm I never really sort of go back to them I never really sort of think about them on a daily basis I never really sort of jump to 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 throw them in my you know favorite films of all time lists but I really really appreciate those films for for how how they sort of elevated the comic book movie genre to to what it really Sort of could be, um, and I think Matt Reeves here has done that again, especially for for the current status of um, comic book movies and, and where they're sort of at now. We're sort of at this sort of hyper exaggerated IP franchise sort of um, moment in in comic book movies and, and intellectual property in general. But this is this is definitely like a, a signpost for a very 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 talented author coming and approaching this material um, and, and just, as I said, elevating it and sort of feeling like it's a film completely released of the shackles of, of studio-mandated corporate Hollywood executive boardroom meetings and, and you know, checklists of, of what should be in this film and what shouldn't. There's, there's times in this film where it definitely suffers a little bit from what feels like studio decisions um, but for the most part for the most part this film is, is is hitting on all fronts. Style and cinematography and 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 writing and, and, and sort of characters and and everything there is just sort of working in, and it's not a flawless film. I do have my issues that I'll sort of get into, but I just wanna really sort of show my admiration for, for someone like Matt Reeves coming in and and putting so much love and, and, and clear care everyone that worked on this film just putting in just their fucking all and this this is just a clear contrast from from something like you know what i watched <laughs> the other day which was uncharted which was just an empty nothing vapid fucking soulless um studio film. This film felt confident in itself because it knew how how you know bold it was, and that's what I really love. It was a bold film. It was bold in its style. It was it was self indulgence um, at times, which I usually would say you know maybe that's a bad thing, but like as a lover of sort of you know you know very weird and 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 over the top films i i love it when a filmmaker gets to just self indulge and just make something sort of crazy and 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 not sort of what you'd usually expect and really just sort of hone in on a very specific genre and a very specific s- style it's just it's it's i can't rave enough about it in terms of what Matt Reeves brought to the table. Let's let's really dive into a little bit of history with with my history with the Batman character. Um really for me I'm not particularly a big Batman guy. <laughs> I never have been. I think my sort of very strong introduction for to the character was really Christopher Nolan stuff. Um, I I I've never really grew up a comic fan. I knew who Batman was clearly, and I knew who he was in in the public consciousness. I knew his backstory. I knew everything that's sort of ingrained in the cultural osmosis. Um, we all know Batman's origin. We know how he became the vigilante. But I never really sort of I never really was grabbed by his character. Uh, even in the Nolan films, I think what struck me about the Nolan films was was the filmmaking, the craft behind it, and the, and the approach to the to the source material, and going at this hyper hyperreal um, sort of style that that Christopher Nolan does so well, um, and and obviously uh, Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight really I think overshadows that film. Um, a lot of the time for me and, and any time I think about that film it's in any scene that, that the Joker's in which, you know, it, it, it's sort of unfortunate that that's sort of my first thought because it's a Batman movie at the end of the day and, and, you know, whenever I talk to someone about The Dark Knight it's sort of, oh, that's that's the Joker's film that's the Joker's film which, you know, he's the, he's the antagonist there's this sort of a lack of connection that I think I felt with Batman and Bruce Wayne as a character he always felt Somewhat like a side character to me. He was the least interesting part um, like from you know a character depth perception, like like who he was internally and and, and what his struggle was. I never really connected with it. It's not that it's not there. It's just that I never felt felt that. I never felt strongly about it. Um, what those films do well, and I think somewhat maybe better than than the Batman, is is the the structure. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe apart from the Dark Knight Rises, but but particularly in in the Dark Knight um, and and even Batman Begins. Um, but I think mainly the but the Dark Knight is it's is the narrative structure. The narrative structure is so strong and and it's very clear. um there's no there's there's no fat on those films. it's it's very um, direct in its approach. um and it doesn't really waste a second. it's 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 all tension field and it's all um relevant scenes that that keep building and building and building to the crescendo of the film. Um, that's what those films do really well. Um, as I said, I, I, maybe better than, than this film in a lot of ways. Um, but where it sort of lacks for me is, is, again, connecting to that character of Batman, of connecting to the character of Bruce Wayne and maybe some, some style, you know. <laughs> I, I think – I never really get behind Chris Nolan's style. I've always thought it's big. <laughs> it's big and it's impressive. I always associate it with IMAX, um, but it's it's never really so cemented for me a, a style that, I, that I'm that i really into. It's very hyper real um, and very f- focused on you know, real sets, real locations, which I think is admirable, but I don't really... I don't really like. He doesn't really grab me in any way. There's no shots. Uh, no, there's there's good shots in those films, but it's not really, it's not really anything like the Batman. After that, you know, I was obviously introduced back to Batman with with Ben Affleck again. It, this is all cinema stuff again. I've not really gone back to read comics, um, so that might be part of the problem. That might be part of the root cause for it. But I feel like the mass majority of people aren't reading comics. I know comics are huge, but I feel like a lot of people know Batman from film. You know, that's, that's where most people, most of the public, you know, consume their Batman material is, is from these films. Um, but when it came to Bat- Batflick, um, I liked seeing him. I liked Ben Affleck's portrayal. Um, again, I never really got a deep feeling for his character. There were some instances of it, but I never really felt like it was developed because those films are sort of, you know, focused on more than just Batman. It's about Batman and Superman. Then it's about the Justice League. And then it's about Zack Snyder being very self-indulgent for, for four hours, which, you know, props to him. You know, good on him. Not really my thing, but fucking good on him for getting his film made. You know, I really love to see artists get their stuff made. Um, but, yeah, it, I like seeing that Batman. I thought that Batman was had a cool energy on screen, um, especially in his fights and 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 that iconic warehouse fight, is really cool. Um, but you know, when it comes to Justice League and even the Zack Snyder one, he's in the background. He's like the least, the least interesting part of those films. Um, so yeah, again, it's just a constant, you know. I'm not getting the Batman thing. I get the mythos. I get this, the, the, everything about him. I understand the origin. I understand the character and what he's all about. He's, he's about no guns. He's about not killing. And he's, I've just never got his thing. <laughs> I've never been into his thing. And then even going back to recently, I, I'd actually not seen it um, until very, very recently. Me and my partner checked it out. Um, the batman 89 film the tim burton film i thought okay here we go i'm gonna finally check this out i'm not a big tim burton fan which is this seems to be a very common trend of of batman directors i'm not really into chris nolan i'm not really into Zack snyder and now i'm not really into tim burton as well um so it could be a director thing because i'm into matt reeves (laughs) um but when it came to this film i was i was Really, I was so prepared to be like, oh, I f- okay, I finally get Tim Burton and I finally get Batman. I finally understand the appeal because this was like the 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 film that shot Batman into the mainstream as like, a, oh, he can be serious. He's not just a silly dude because um, I think prior to this, he was sort of really considered to be a silly, campy character, especially from people's knowledge of the 60s film, the Adam West film and the, the TV series and stuff. And then obviously you get the Schumacher films, which I have not seen. Not keen on seeing them, but, you know, part of me feels like those would be fun. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, no, I watched this Tim Burton film and, fuck, man, I thought this movie was boring. I was so bored with that movie. I didn't really get the appeal of Batman even further. I didn't understand what was cool about him, what was intriguing about Bruce Wayne. I didn't have any idea what his character was. There was no sort of, I mean, there's the public consciousness of understanding Batman. But I think at this point in 1989, I feel like understanding, you know, why is he Batman? What is he doing? What is his goal? What is his, what is, what is, Bruce Wayne's thing. Why did he become Batman? It's not clear in that film. Um, and again, you know, the Joker steals the show. Jack Nicholson is sort of the most entertaining part because he's just going for a ridiculous batshit performance. Um, no pun intended. Again, I'm I'm stumped, and I'm like, I don't get Batman. I don't know why people are so into Batman. You know, I I get he looks cool. He has a cool design. The, the design's great, and his you know whole thing is very simple, but it's very different from from the other popular heroes. You know, you've got the big sort of three very popular heroes. You've got Superman. You've got I mean, I think I, I'm guessing the land the landscape has changed since like after 2008. But I I, I growing up, the big three were always. Batman Superman spider-man you know Marvel spider-man was there that big thing maybe Wolverine or something like that um, I think the films helped with that and I think the show helped with that but it was definitely always spider-man Batman Superman those were the three guys that was were heavily in the public consciousness of like these are the big three superheroes um, and this was like before I think you know the consciousness was like oh is, there's actually there's actually a difference between these guys the, you know, Spider-Man's owned by Marvel. These guys are owned by DC. They actually aren't in the same universes. They aren't a part of the same comic book franchise or, or whatever. There was an obvious sort of connection people had to this character that was very popular, even though he was very unique. You know, I think his his story is very unique and his style is very unique. And it's kind of interesting that we've got this very dark character that's sort of at the forefront with these two, you know, Spider-Man and Superman, very sort of happy-go-lucky, you know, Good boys. They're, they're a couple of good boys. Uh, very, very nice, you know, sweetie pie American, America good white boys. <laughs> I mean, these are all white boys, aren't they? Yeah, I still was baffled by Batman, the appeal of Batman. And so approaching this film, I was like, I'm here for Matt Reeves and I'm hoping this guy, Matt Reeves, a director that I love, um, particularly the films I've seen from him, um, I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to finally... Well, it's more like I was like, I hope I finally get Batman. I hope I finally really get w- what his whole thing is and and really sort of I'm gravitated to it. And you know what? You know what? He fucking did it. He did it. I finally understand the appeal of Batman as a character. <laughs> i First of all, it's it's the way this film skips the origin. We don't need it. <laughs> Batman, his origin. This is the same thing for Spider-Man in, in sort of Homecoming in the, in the MCU. It was that understanding that we don't need, you know, we don't need that origin. It's already in, in the cultural osmosis. Um, we all understand what he's all about. And this film in particular really felt like we skipped season one. You know, we skipped the first season of the Batman series and this is season two and we're just jumping right in and as as I was you know commenting before about Uncharted this is you know it goes completely uh, against what my you know negative opinions on Uncharted was which which was it was an unnecessary origin you know we don't need this origin you know the character it, it fleshes out as you go on that adventure with him you don't need to f- discover how he became who he is you really just discover him along the journey and and, and in media res you just just go in you're you're, you've started you're in the middle he's in year two supposedly in this film he's been batman for already 365 days plus but we get the idea that he's built up this legacy, and that legacy is 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 in Gotham, and it's felt within Gotham. It's it's lurking in the shadows, and I love that sort of early on in the film that visual motif where we sort of have the camera sort of just like slowly like dollying into these these dark alleyways and these dark corners, um, waiting for, for Batman to 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 step out from the shadows, uh, and and just the fear he he just engulfs the city with as the night falls. It's it, it's it was one of the best openings to, I think, a, a comic book movie I've seen in a very long time. You understand what Batman is and what Batman is to the city of Gotham and you understand what Gotham is. You you really get a feel for it. I got it and almost instantly. I was like, fuck, I'm into this and I'm scared. I'm looking at these, these dark shadowy alleyways and I'm getting the feeling that I get when, you know, I'm looking out like a dark window I don't know what's standing out there. And these guys have a reason because there is a fucking bat guy. There's a guy that fucking beats people up in the middle of the night um, on the streets for doing crime. There's a reason to be scared. And and it, it, they really just kind of push this idea and frame him that way as this, it, this creature of the night, as this boogeyman. Uh, and uh, I fucking loved it. It, it. it really just encapsulated it um, right from the get-go. And then the film develops from there you just get that sort of narration which I really like it had this detective like Blade Runner-esque sort of um, opening diary entry where he's sort of like narrating what what the life of, of, of Batman is right now and where he's sort of at um, and I thought you know that was, it was such a great way to sort of do it I feel like usually VO is sort of like a frowned upon you know sort of way to open your film but I think for the style they're going for here I think it works so well and to sort of frame it as these these scribbled diary entries that you know Bruce Wayne is putting together every single day. He comes back home from being Batman for a night, and then he's just writing fucking poetry. <laughs> he's he's writing the next MCR album right there and there, and you know sort of speaking about sort of the way Gotham is framed. Immediately, um, I first of all I fucking love the design for the city of Gotham. Uh, you know it it's it. it is a very strong contrast when you compare it to something like the, the Christopher Nolan films, which unfortunately for me, I I found Gotham to just kind of be just a fucking city. I I never really got the vibe that Gotham was sort of any different from any other city. It was just sort of like, I think they filmed it in Chicago. So it just kind of like looks like a regular American city, but here it looks so just sort of unearthly. It's, it's, really unique and it's like this gothic neo noir tone and it's always nighttime and it's always raining again sort of like that blade runner angle sort of the, the first blade runner film you never see, see daylight to like the very end um you see a little bit of like you know bits of you know daylight poking through the windows sometimes and and robert Battenson's like blocking his face cuz he hasn't seen daylight in in like a year um he has to wear some sunnies um, which I thought was quite funny, um, but yeah, it's just the way the city is framed. I think it was it was far more sort of confident in what its approach was than even you know Tim Burton's, which I think that I was I was very commendable of of, of how Gotham felt in the the Tim Burton film. It was very hyper stylized, but I never. F- felt that they committed to that um from a narrative and 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 characterization sort of angle with, with you know the characters and the way they performed. Um, you know, the the style and the production design was really cool in those films, but there was not much else substance to sort of support that. This is like broody uh noir in its genre, and it's very gothic and emo and depressing and and yucky and gross and gritty and grimy and and it, it's it's not just the production design, the design for the city and the design for, for, for Batman's outfit and the way that Robert Pattinson performs and the way all the other characters perform and, and the way the characters are written, the way the story is written and the way it's framed and the genre and the cinematography and everything about it all just kind of comes together perfectly. This film is an audiovisual delight. Um, I, the sound design I'm not a soundy at all I'm not particularly I mean I'm doing a podcast right now <laughs> I'm not a sound guy I I, I, I can do sound good enough uh, I don't know the techniques of, of music I don't know how to write music but I can recognise when this is when when there's a masterful piece of music constructed for a film th- this is Michael Giacchino at, at his best I think I you know Michael Giacchino he's been very busy. He's been very busy with a lot of projects. Um, and there's a lot of times where I think his work can be very samey and you can sort of tell that he's doing his best with his project, but it's definitely just like, this is another, you know, blockbuster film score that I'm doing. I'm going to have the same sort of sound and have some sort of little leitmotifs here and there. Um, but you know, it's often quite forgettable, but, um, you know the night after you know right now after watching uh, the batman i'm thinking of the score i'm i'm it's it's going in my head i recognize the themes um it, it's so um big and bassy and loud and, and and also very sort of quiet and and creepy and twisted in in, in and it just complements the style of the film so well i can't get i can't i can't get that enough Animal system. How just every single element is just complementing each other so well. But then we talk about the cinematography, and I think just comparing this straight directly to again, I hate to do this, but but to to a, to a Marvel film and and even like a Christopher Nolan. You know, it's a very different style. It's very clean. It's digital. It's very big and and big wide shots and very crispy clean you know cinematography and you know that's the same yeah again with marvel it's very clean it's very simple it's it's always sort of this you know a cut clean you know read the process and put through and 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 send to the cinemas and and, and go and and put it out there and be you know, appealing for the masses but this is like a strong bold approach to cinematography it's got texture you can feel the fucking like grain and grits um it's got, like, a life to it, which is, you know, the, the, the way the camera isn't, you know, always perfect in its, in its focus, um, the anamorphic lenses and how they distort on the edges and how it's, it's got this really soft focus on the edge and there's this, like... Um, 3D anaglyphic, you know, distortion here and there, and the really, 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 really a uh, shallow is it shallow? It's shallow, shallow depth of field where everything is just blurry, bokeh, um, and and really dark. the 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 fucking lighting is is top notch, and it's always got this really strong consistency of of style that really again brings you into the world of Gotham and really highlights. The production design and, and makes you feel like you're in a, a different world, a different city. I, it's it's n- not like anything, you know, when you watch a, a Marvel movie. Oh, that's shot in the street of, in, in New York City. Oh, that's shot in the parking back lot of a fucking, you know, studio at, 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 in Hollywood, you know. This is filmed in San Francisco. This is filmed in the fantastical, made-up Gothic city of, of of Gotham that doesn't exist, but it feels alive and feels so strong and powerful. Again, this is production design, but it's complemented by the cinematography, how it feels. Again, gritty, it's got texture. It it doesn't feel soulless and clean and digital like a lot of these other films. I can't commend the cinematography enough. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Maybe going back to the production design again, because I, I truly can't get enough of this how just alive the world feels it it feels so lived in it, it's like i genuinely the, the the length of the film which is a contention i have with it but but i'm sort of glad that it has that length because it gives you that time to really just like be in that world and i never sort of wanted to get out of it and i was sort of one of my favorite elements is is just being on the streets of gotham experiencing the seedy under, underbellies of, of the sort of corrupt you know world of Gotham. Um, and especially Wayne Manor just sort of this, it looks like a fucking like Nosferatu's mansion. It, it's like, he's the like he's Dracula, like Bruce Wayne is this, this recluse living in this, you know, building from the fucking 1600s. It's, so beautiful and it's and it's so insane and ridiculous. <laughs> like, like like no one no real person with would, would live in this place would choose to live in this place. But of course, this weirdo, fucking Bruce Wayne, lives here. And oh God, okay, I need to talk more about Bruce Wayne as a, like and, and Batman as a character, but I think I'll wait till we're sort of talking about, you know, the performances from from Robert. But just in that production design, in the way the fucking your Wayne Manor looks and the way we sort of show Batman and how he how he you know gets back into his bat cave and how it's like a an old abandoned like old as fuck like train station underground um it, and in like the the elevator is this old dingy like really loud and like you have to crank these big levers to to get up these things it's it sort of again it reminded me of of the the Tim Burton approach but again it just screams so much confidence because it it's just what reeves brings to the table it just feels it feels so sure of itself no matter how ridiculous and how how silly um the premise is it's like nah this is this is serious this is batman this is what he does this is what the guy that fucking dresses as a bat and goes out and punches the shit out of people this is the state he lives in this is this is the room he sleeps in um well if he ever fucking sleeps again God, okay. I need. To, I need to talk about Robert Pattinson and his fucking performance. Firstly, you have character actors out the fucking wazoo here. <laughs> you've got you've got Paul Dano, who I love. Paul Dano. Um swiss army man one of my favorite films of all time just he's he's so different in this film and again in in like okja and everything he's been in he's such a a unique actor um and he's never really had sort of a big blockbuster deal before he's always been in these smaller films so it's so strange to see him in this and it's i think he's gonna be a bit of a weird one for, for big movie going audiences to go see because he's He's a he's a funny looking dude. He looks young and and like a baby face guy, but he's got this sort of like very haunting, um, very chilling, uh, you know, performance that he puts on. He's 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 batshit insane, um, and the he's almost too over the top, um, which you know I have I appreciate so much. You know, it it's just I'm kind of sick and tired of of a lot of these performances. Again, feeling like they're sort of holding back quite a bit, and it never feels like Paul Dano was ever. Um, not that Matt Reeves is not directing him, but it never feels like he's ever tr- asking him, "Hey, maybe pull back a bit." He's like pushing him harder. He's like, "Nah, get more fucking weird and unhinged, just just go off, dude." He's he's getting Paul Darno to do his thing and be this character, and it's just I I adore him in this film. It it gets ridiculous. And it gets kind of unintentionally funny at times. That it's kind of awkward, <laughs> but like I just appreciate the bold move to have this actor had to have Paul Dano be this character, put him in a mask for like ninety percent of the film and never show his face, and then reveal him to be this like little weaselly, you know, internet troll basically hiding behind a mask. Um, and the masks come back as a huge theme as well. It, it it's, it's so good. The themes are really strong in this film as well. Colin Farrell, unrecognizable. Everyone said it. You know, if I don't know it was Colin Farrell, I wouldn't know it's Colin Farrell. I thought I just think it's some other dude. I'd be like, who's this actor? He's so good. And it's yeah, it's Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Um, and it's just great. It's 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 oh, it's almost just funny. Again, it's another character actor just going in and just doing something kind of stupid and silly, um, and not really holding back at all. <laughs> He's just going for this insane you know accent and this and this you know really odd approach this very sort of almost cartoony mob boss approach which a lot of these you know mob bosses have this like they got the hey, Tony, come on you know we gotta get the drugs you know i don't know if i don't have mob bosses talk you know, it's got that, that godfather sort of feel to him you know i haven't seen the Godfather. <laughs> don't kill me um jeffrey Wright is super strong as, as Jim Gordon. I've not really seen Jeffrey Wright and other stuff, but he's he's great. He, he never really sort of pushes it, f- like, as crazy as these other guys, but he's a nice level head, sort of the straight man, you know, sort of the the, the uncorrupt cop in this scenario, uh, or at least as uncorrupt as he can, tr- you know, try to be. Uh, and he's really sort of determined to sort of solve this case. And you really sort of buy, you know, how he's just he, – he just wants to work with Batman because he just doesn't trust anyone else to get the job done. Um, I really bought their relationship um, even stronger than you know Christian Bale and and uh, Gary Oldman. You know I I love those guys, but I I really sort of love this bond, this sort of almost body cop thing they had going on. I love the 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 thumb drive, <laughs> thumb drive, thumb drive. Good jokes, good jokes. Zoe Kravitz is. Um, incredibly strong in this film as as a performer. Um, I've, I've I've I have i have do not know if I've seen her in other stuff. I I I've, I know she's in a very recent film. Haven't seen her. I don't know. I don't. Nothing at the top of my head's coming to mind. What I've seen her in, but yeah, I love her in this film. I love her role, and I I I do unfortunately feel like I get a bit lost in sort of the character dynamics and, and the sort of like when it, when it comes to the narrative and then the unraveling of, of what's going on in this sort of detective story um, which I will get to and she's sort of heavily involved in that but I think she really sort of sells that from a dramatic emotional level um, but again, most importantly is um, there's a lot of other performances as well there's, there's um, uh, John, John Turturro yeah <laughs> He's in this, um, but Robat Batin Batinson Robat Batin Bat. Um, people, people, obviously, you know, people, people, people just will come out and just be like, "Nah, <laughs> this is the Twilight guy," um, and and not really know sort of the work this guy's put in, especially in sort of the the art film indie film sort of side of things. He's really sort of been becoming his own and he's, he's really sort of stepped away from the mainstream film world for, for you know, for a little bit now. I mean, he, sh- he showed up in Tenet. Um, I can't remember if there's anything else, but he's sort of been away and he's sort of made his comeback and this is sort of like his big like, okay, this is my big um, blockbuster role and he takes it s- s- very seriously and he, and he does a, a, an incredible job at doing this this the best Batman character study and that's again I think why this film struck me and made me realise why I, I like what I finally I can find appealing about Batman is because this film explores the character in, in in a lot of depth and detail and and really makes you feel um like this guy is this sleepless being, this, this sort of this creature of the night, this boogeyman character, uh, or that he wants to, and then you see him take the mask off, and you see the effects of that. Uh, he's this insane uh, insomniac that's just just obsessed with with vengeance and and pushing the legacy of his father, and 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 that this is this has gone almost too far, and that you know the character of Alfred. Um, who oh, Caesar Caesar? Um, Andy Circus. He Matt Reeves bought his boy back. Um, he played. Uh, he, he did the motion capture for Caesar in the Planet of the X movies. So I was happy to see him. I was like, oh shit, they got Caesar in this shit. Um, but you can see sort of that concern. You know, he's like pushing away his company. He's, um, or, or the or the company. He's whatever Wayne, whatever Wayne Manor does, or whatever the Wayne Industries that's. I have no idea what they're about. Um, I don't know, I don't think I grabbed onto that in the film or at least maybe i forgot that part (laughs) um but um he was he was a political candidate and he had the what was it the the thing the thing that was a big deal in this film and i already forgot the name Uh, It was a part of the campaign anyway look that doesn't really matter right now that's it goes into some of my issues with the film but i finally sort of really understood batman through uh the performance that 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 Robert Pattinson put into this, he's a fucking weirdo. Um, and I think that's never been something that sort of I've, I've felt that strongly um, and or that the films I think have been scared of, of articulating um, because I think that especially the Christopher Nolan films, I think they really sort of want to highlight that Batman is is this, this legendary symbol, a symbol of hope or a symbol of fear um, in Gotham. Um, and, again, approaching it from that high, hyper-realistic sort of angle, it's sort of like, you know, step away from the ridiculousness of Batman and and, and sort of tell it from the perspective of, like, this isn't silly. This is a serious thing. He wants to become this this guy for this reason, and it's taken to a very serious sort of level Um but I think this film, I think the the great thing this film does is that it embraces the fact that Batman is a fucking weirdo. He's a guy that dresses as a bat and punches the shit out of people at night time. And this film doesn't shy away from the fact that that is the most insane shit you could do. And the way that Alfred responds to it, the way you can see that you know it's taking an emotional and physical toll on Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne character when he's not Batman, you can see that he never really sort of escapes that man. Mentality, which i think was always sort of a weird thing that the f- the nolan films and the other films sort of managed to do and the, the way batman is usually portrayed which i think is that dichotomy like the the the, the ego and the superego of like um you know bruce wayne's the, the i guess the superego he's he really pushes forward that he's this this billionaire billionaire play, playboy uh that doesn't give a fuck about anything and he's he's always drunk and he's Doing, doing his thing and he never takes anything seriously so then no one can buy that this guy is Batman but I really I love this approach to the character because it, it feels somehow more realistic because again to want to be Batman you have to be fucking insane you have to be borderline crazy and incredibly damaged as a, as a human being and I think this film really handles that so well he's When he's not Batman, when he has to enter the public eye, which he rarely does, he's a recluse, and they really sort of highlight that he's always, you know, he's never available, and everyone's trying to get a hold of this guy, and the house is just, like, probably filled with cobwebs because he doesn't look after the place. He's never home Um, because he's just out fucking punching the shit out of people all the time. But when he's out being Bruce Wayne, he, he... Feels sort of like he's detached from reality. Um, he he feels you know like he hasn't slept <laughs> in years. He's 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 so tired and 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 miserable and and broken, and you can sort of see right through that. And I think that especially you know this early in in Batman's career, he's not gonna be so, so on top of it that he's able to just snap his fingers and now he's he's the billionaire bruce wayne again he's struggling with that he's struggling with this dichotomy between you know who bruce wayne is and who batman is and i think this film really plays in the themes of that especially with the story of riddler and sort of that reveal um, and that conversation about sort of the mask and 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 putting on that mask is who he really is and that's when he becomes the real him and then when he takes that off when he's back in the skin of bruce wayne he's just fucking lost and he has no direction and that this whole batman thing is simply just a way for him to find direction in life and and to have purpose you just feel that and i finally get it this dude's an alien this dude's alienated from from gotham and he's alienated from humanity and he's lost his humanity and he's he's lost his understanding of humanity he's untethered from humanity in a lot of ways. He's, he feels like he's very distant from it um, and he's he's unable to reconnect with people. He's unable to reconnect with himself and he's struggling with that. This is the first time I've ever sort of processed that and the film hasn't sort of shied away again. Like I feel like the Christopher Nolan films, even though they're going for this hyper-realistic angle, it's, it's sort of unrealistic to expect this guy to just be so lax and normal about the fact that he's living like this that he's going out and doing this every night and i think that you know witnessing this emotional toll really really brought me to understand the character and really connect with it on so many levels I, i commend matt Reeves for that and i especially commend Robert Pattinson for performing that and and making that so clear with very little dialogue. He doesn't speak too much, um, but you can see it in the way he looks with his eyes and the way he performs and the way he reacts to things and just his sort of deadpan stares as Bruce Wayne, especially there's that one scene very early on where all it was was that look that he gave this kid and this long stare that he gave this kid and it's sort of him seeing himself as that. It's a very simple sort of image um, and very sort of easy to, to... to connect the dots there and it's not you know it's not super profound in any sort of way but it it really is another step to really sort of understanding the character um, and it really helped me connect with them super quickly and and that's what this film does the first act is just that incredibly solid i think this is one of the best first acts i've seen in a in a fucking comic book movie in such a long time it it really got me on board but I do have my issues with this film, and I think a lot of that comes down to the narrative. And I did mention this a little bit earlier when I sort of compared it to the Nolan films, which again I'm not huge on those films. I again really, really appreciate them as a as a piece of filmmaking and a piece of work. Um, but what I think those films do so well is is having a tight really really you know laser focused script, a really strong structure and a really you know beautiful way of, of building tension i think that the 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 ongoing detective narrative in this film um while i found it you know it was engaging enough and i was engaging it pr- with, with it pretty loosely um and you know along with its obviously you know beautiful cinematic language it did unfortunately have the side effect of making me feel a little bit bored from time to time with the film you know i would have you know i would spring up in my seat occasionally to be like oh okay something's something's happening we're getting new information and and and, um, and i'm actually sort of engaging with it but it was sort of weirdly meandering after we sort of got that past that really exciting first act stage once we sort of got into the nitty gritty of the investigation I was sort of drifting through the film a little bit and I sort of lost my sort of fascination with it once we kind of got stuck into it again there were these moments where I was like oh okay here we go we got something going on, okay. And then I kept kind of slumping back in my chair and thinking like, okay, here we go. We're, we're back to sort of this meandery, very sort of bloated, uh, all over the place narrative that doesn't really sort of have this clear focus to it. And I think a part of it is the runtime. It has a very elongated runtime. And there's a lot of intertwining plot lines that, that all sort of tangle and weave together and sort of come together and then disband again and then come back together again and then sort of it sort of fizzles off in in sort of the last like 30 minutes of the film quite a little bit for me and really for me it just felt like the film didn't really need to be three hours long again I, I complimented that sort of that overindulgence and sort of complimented that but I feel like in sort of the narrative structure department, it went a bit too far. Um, and I think there's a little bit too much going on for its own good. I would definitely much rather see a much cleaner cut of the film, a nice, you know, 2 hours and you know, 15-ish, 2 hours and 20 minutes-ish sort of cut of this film to really trim the fat off because, again, as compared to those Nolan films, um, especially the, the Dark Knight, um this this has fat on it this has some pacing issues this has structure issues to it whereas those films again the the second film the dark knight especially it feels like the perfect trimmed down piece of work that they had and that they put out so unlike one of my favorite films from last year drive my car which is a three-hour film but doesn't feel like three hours at all it feels very methodical and very sort of detailed and and Um, but very laser-focused on the characters that you just get entranced with it and you sort of fall into that film and and, and it just goes by just like that. It feels like you're just sort of like softly... you know, floating with that film, and and then it comes to the to its close, really sort of beautifully. Whereas this film, it's sort of like, oh, you know, it's like it's like oh, here we go, we got stuff going on, and it's like, oh okay, here we go, oh okay, there's there's some stuff going, ooh. you know, it, it's like it's a bit sort of like bumpy, especially sort of in the middle section there. The the beginning is super strong. Again, like I can't keep talking about it enough. That's that opening. Whatever, like forty five minutes of the film is incredibly engaging stuff, um, and then the middle, yeah, it's it's just a bit sort of bumpy. And call me caveman brain, but what really sort of brought me really heavily back into the film, where the film sort of came back to life for me um, during the second act, was that big car chase with um, with with the penguin and and Batman um, when he brought out the fucking <laughs> when he brought out the the Batmobile and just the revving engines and the sound really sort of came into its own. The way they shot the the, the car chase with these you know these locked on cameras onto the on on like onto the, on the onto the actual cars and it was like rattling around and it was just it was so good. <laughs> I can't put it into words how good it was, and I was I, I was back on board. That like it shot like a shot of fucking adrenaline into my into my body as soon as that sort of happened, and I was like sort of really back on board with the film at that point. Um, but yeah, sort of before then. It was this meandering sort of like, okay, where's this going? What are we, what are we sort of doing here? You know, what are these characters? How these characters connect together? And again, there is, there is, there is moments. There's, there's moments of tension-filled um, stuff going on there. It's, there's the scene where. Um, Again, spoilers. There's there's the scene where the um, def- defence attorney, the, the defence attorney, he he shows up with a bomb strapped to his neck, and in in a room filled with people, um, and it's sort of this sudden, really big surge of excitement that sort of happens sort of halfway through the film. Um, that really brought me back on as well. Um, And it was sort of not until after this this big car chase that I really sort of my brain started working a lot more to sort of like connect things together and sort of try to figure out what was going on and become a detective along with Batman. I think this film sort of requires your... The utmost attention from you when when you're looking at the actual you know what what's all connect, like when it comes to connecting the dots and and finding the significance of certain things. Um, I remember the name of that. it was renewal. That was the thing I forgot. Um, you know, the, the film sort of struggled. I think for me to sort of highlight the importance of things because. Um, you know they they mentioned renewal a couple of times. Um, they mentioned the beginning and then they sort of they mention it here and there. And then the fact that it becomes this really really important huge plot point all of a sudden really for me, um, I, I struggled to really sort of buy that because I, at that point I didn't really sort of um, process the the true importance that that held on the plot. I thought it was just sort of this background detail that was sort of involved here and there. Um, so so when it was sort of revealed at the importance of what Renewal was um, and sort of how it connected to, to Thomas Wayne and, and all these different characters... Um, I sort of found myself a little bit lost with like oh I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize that you know these particular things were the things I was meant to be engaged with so when we got to that reveal I was suddenly you know given this big like here's the twist and I was like oh, okay I was never really I never really had a big like like what moment like I never really had a big sort of there was never like a twist for me, which is, which is sort of weird <laughs> because this is like a big detective story. I never had that moment of like a profound, like, whoa, like that, that is like a, like a big cut, um, like in the story where where everything sort of feels like it changes. Um, that never really happens in this film. Um, we sort of, you know, we get the reveal of, of the Riddler and, who he is, and we get and we get that um, scene of them in the uh, in the police station together, having having that conversation, and there's some sort of thematic elements that are brought to the table that I think are super interesting. And um, the idea of the mask is brought you know to the forefront, and, and what that sort of means for Batman as a character was was really interesting. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting sort of way and direction to go about things. But nothing in the narrative and sort of the plot really sort of came together as this sort of this big crescendo, this big moment. Again, I compare it to The Dark Knight where it it feels like it is tension building the entire time to this big... Moment at the end where it really hits, um, but this never feels like it's it's a consistent build of tension to this big moment. Again, even the reveal of Falcone, I was just like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> and you know his death scene, I'm like, yep, all right. Like I, it was it was trying to sell itself at this, as these big moments, but they never hit for me. And there were some weird, unintentionally funny moments in the film. Um and I can't really sort of pinpoint all of them, but there were moments in the film that I think even the audience I was with were sort of in agreement they were sort of everyone was sort of like awkwardly giggling at moments that um felt like they weren't meant to be funny one no actually one of them one of them, one of them was. A per- like one of the performances from one of the like the main officers, uh, in the scene where they like Batman wakes up and he's surrounded by all the cops. There's this one who has this like, "Hey, Tony, come on, you gotta get him out of here." You can hear that like that that like that raspy like I don't know what to call it that like raspy mobster voice. Um, and people in the audience were like laughing, like it was like hilarious, like it felt like it was so out of place. It was like, is this funny? This guy's supposed to be funny because it just—it's just the way he talks. It's just—I'm sorry, to this guy. If this is how he talks, but like it was just kind of funny and really awkwardly executed. Um, it was a really odd choice, um, and there were just many moments like that in the film. Um, I think there was one shot choice as well. I think that I recall when he was using when when Batman was using the wing glider. And it has this like locked on close up of his face, and it's just this really awkward like. Like weird sort of grunty grin that he's gone on, that looks kind of silly. Again, I think that's just sort of like a, you know, a limitation with what they had for for their shot, um, and the way they sort of wanted wanted to approach it. Um, didn't have a huge <laughs> didn't have a huge problem with that, but there were some giggles in the audience, and, and that happened a couple of times, um, and I think some of these uncomfy giggles might sort of come from the film indulging in, in itself in, in being so daring and, and like brooding and nightmarish and overly serious. Um, and again, sort of contrasting that with the weirdness of, of Batman as, as a character and sort of highlighting that he's weird um, and putting him in these rooms of all these police officers and this dude in a bat costume walks in and, you know, everyone's sort of acknowledging that this guy is weird and he's, he's a fucking crazy person. And, um, so maybe the unintentional awkward nature of the film is sort of um, is sort of an outcome of that. Maybe I don't know if it's intentional or if it's meant to be like that. Maybe there's meant to be this uncomfortable unease of like, how are you meant to react to this? This is really weird and comfy. And I think some of that might come through in Paul Dano's performance. But I didn't really feel that because I just love Paul Dano. I was like, I love what you're doing, man. It's weird and 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 dumb, and I love it. Um, getting into maybe heavy spoilers for big fans um, there was this terrible scene and i'll get into some of like the more so sort of very towards the end where i think the film sort of gets pretty shaky towards the, the like in the third act um, there was one random scene which felt studio mandated which was seemingly a tease for the joker and i just felt like the scene felt really forced in and really uncomfortable and cringy i know the guy who's playing um the joker he was in he was in internals but i can't remember his name barry something some of it um so I recognise that he's playing the role of, of what supposedly is the Joker um, but I just found that scene sort of uncomfy and sort of forced in there and I felt sort of that, you know, this was this was a, a studio decision that, that Matt Reeves might not have wanted to do because it felt so different from the rest of the film and I think a lot of the, the third act, you know, some of it felt very different to the rest of the film in this sort of odd way um, but this scene in particular just felt so much like a... Um, uh, hey, we've got the Joker. Get excited, everyone! We've, maybe we'll make a sequel, um, and we'll, the Joker will be in there. Um, but it just felt so, you know, putting the Joker in there and putting him in that scene and putting him just sitting there in a cell next to the Riddler. Sort of, I feel like took away some of the the mystique and the 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 sort of the, the mysterious nature that is the Joker. And that he's sort of this figure that comes out of nowhere, which is which is what I love in the Dark Knight. How the Joker just comes from nowhere. He just he just shows up and he's there and he's there to cause chaos. But here he's just a prisoner in Arkham. So it's like, okay, this guy has existed previously, or did, did has he did he exist during the first year of Batman? Is that what we're acknowledging here? Has Batman gone toe to toe with with the Joker before? I feel like so we've lost some of that mystique of the Joker. But again. I, I trust I trust Matt Reeves if he takes on the second film if he's interested in a second film but yeah that that third act man it just really like sort of dragged itself out there was this moment that happened um during the final sort of big action set piece again this this film felt like it could end multiple times and I I sort of didn't expect it to have sort of this big um booming, uh, literal, ex- explosive finale. Again, it's a comic book movie, so of course you're going to have some sort of big action finale, but I sort of almost wasn't expecting it from this film. Um, but it, made, it it. did make sense. It's not like it didn't make sense. It, it didn't feel out of place narratively. It just felt, you know, in terms of the tone, it felt a bit different from the rest. It felt more comic book superhero movie-esque as opposed to... This detective story that we had sort of going in the first sort of two acts of the film, um, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't hate it, um, but it was sort of this moment where you know the fight is sort of getting really tense and building up, um, and there's this moment we feel like Batman who has been sh- who's been shot by a shotgun, but then Catwoman comes in swinging and 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 saves and saves him last minute, um, and there's this. Sort of almost poignant and beautiful moment that happens where Bruce Wayne, as he's as, as as Batman, sort of on the floor um, after everyone's been taken out, and she and she sort of whispers to him, um, and she says like like it's okay, you can stop, it's 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 over, it's okay, um, and that felt like a great sort of character moment and a great sort of relief for um, Bruce Wayne's character um, that. Yeah, he's, this whole time he's been going at it. He's been going at it possibly for, for you know, over a year of just constant and just anxiety and, and fear. But finally someone could, has stopped him and said, hey, it's time to just take a break and you're, it's, it's okay, it's over. And I thought it was a really beautiful moment for a, for a fleeting moment. Um, and then she sort of gets tackled um, <laughs> by one of the guys again and then he shoots himself with, with adrenaline and, and sort of, pummels him in the face and, and I'm like okay is this gonna be the end of it and then more stuff happens he falls off the, the edge of the like of, of this like scaffolding that they're on in this sort of really dramatic way and I'm like okay I, I thought we'd already done the oh no, Batman's dead moment, or oh no, Batman's, he's been shot, and now he's like, oh no, Batman's falling in the, in the water, oh no, it, it, it just kept doing these moments of like, oh no, Batman, like, and I was like, okay, can we, can we, can we get to the point here, like, it, it just felt like it was just, it was like, ah, oh, we're ending, oh no, we're not, ah, uh, okay, we're ending, oh no, not Batman, oh, okay, we're sort of, it, it kept doing that, um, but, I do love the resolve that happens after this, this sort of final um, character resolve of, of Batman going down to to save um, to save the people that that are like sort of trapped, and, and him sort of managing to reconnect to humanity for, through this moment. This whole time he's been this vigilante seeking vengeance, and then he sort of has this moment of realization that. Um, that he needs to be a symbol of hope, and he needs to 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 pull out, put out his hand, and 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 help the people of Gotham. He needs to be not only a symbol of fear, but a symbol of hope for the people, um, and and reach out and reconnect with humanity, and and the and, the, and the and it's beautiful. These people sort of struggle to to sort of reach out. This guy is a weird dude dressed in a bat suit, and it's the kid that. Like the kid that I think I, I believe it was the kid that he connected with earlier. That that puts out his hand and is like, H- here I'll, I'll take your hand, Batman. I'll like I, like, thank you, thank you for, for, for helping us and and then sort of everyone sort of follows after, um, and that scene. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautifully shot, and it has this very sort of like biblical imagery of of everyone following the sort of Batman as an almost like Christ-like figure, um, as he like leads them all to safety. Um, and there's this this other moment that's really beautiful as well, where he's sort of um, like a f- like helping lift the first responders and helping people get lifted into to the to, to, to be taken to the hospital. Um, and there's this moment where just this random citizen. Um, that he's he's carrying to one of the the like one of the beds. I think they're about to be lifted up into the helicopter basically. Um and I feel like they they have this sense of like this like fear like like after Batman you know lowers them down they sort of reach out their arm and sort of grab his arm um, to say like 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 you're my safety net right now like I trust you. Um and then Batman sort of insinuates like it's, it's going to be okay, they're going to help you. Um, I've done my bit now, they're going to help you from here. Uh, which I thought was, a, it was just a beautiful moment. I really loved it. It was really touching for me. Um, and so, yeah, th- while the third act is super shaky in sort of resolving the narrative, I think, um, and it's the plot, I think it really does a, a wonderful job at at resolving the 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 character arc of, of of Batman and what he's gone through and what he's learned here and his 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 detachment from humanity that he had at the beginning of the film and sort of his him being unable to connect with people and and his his reclusiveness is sort of resolved here and realizing that these people need someone um, to look up to and to so, someone to protect them and I thought it was really beautiful I love I love that character arc sort of fulfillment there and I wished the film sort of ended there but there was a bit of resolve as well with with the Catwoman character and a bit with with Jim Gordon as well but I think if the film ended there it would be, be really lovely. Um, yeah, I almost wish it ended there. I don't know. Like, I get you have to have character resolves with these other characters there, but it was not really much that I feel like wasn't sort of the obvious, you know, <laughs> resolves for these characters. Um, but yeah, I, I really I, I thought the strongest part of this film uh, in terms of a storytelling element was was telling the story from uh, of Bruce Wayne as, as of, of Batman um, reconnecting um and and finding a purpose um you know you know beginning as as he's in a in an indestructible path of vengeance he's sort of this unkillable monster and now he's sort of this this symbol of hope and he's he has a bit of his humanity back people don't fear him anymore well obviously obviously the criminals and stuff probably aren't scared shitless of this guy but at the very least the citizens uh, see his humanity and don't see him as quite the freak that you know he appears to be he's he's there to help um, yeah no i love that um, and then the film concludes there um, really for me i i i wished it sort of ended there but yeah no i i overall i when i was sort of collecting my thoughts about this film and sort of trying to sort of put it into words how I felt about it. um, I thought because I was sort of struggling to sort of um, connect with the narrative of the film, I was sort of like, ah, I don't know if I was super into this. But then I kept coming back to the cinematography the the world and 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 the character study of of batman the design of the world is, is so good the the production design of the, the gothic architecture and the, cinema, the cinematography and 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 all the performances it's it's all so good it's just that plot is not as tight and as precise as i would have wished especially something that's, like, meant to be a detective story that should be something that's very meticulous and very sort of honed in and focused on yeah. a very clear sort of direction for where the story's going to go and, and the twists and turns should really, really hit. But they unfortunately didn't for me, and that sort of sucks for me. But I finally get the Batman appeal, and that's my big takeaway from this film, is that it got me on board on Batman, and I'm really excited for for where they take this world um i heard there's a penguin show and i was like i do not give a fuck about a penguin show prior to this but now i'm like if i get to experience this world of gotham that they've built here and experience this seedy underbelly even further i'm i'm fucking down for it i'm pretty fucking down for it i'll probably i probably won't watch it on a week-to-week basis but once it's all out i'll probably just give it a binge and check it out um I'm keen for a sequel, man. I'm I'm keen to see where they go with this. Yeah, I'm a Batman fan. <laughs> Shit, what do you know? Whoa! This guy's crazy! So in the end, I left it at a solid 8 out of 10 over on my letterbox. I wrote out sort of a very sort of concise written through a more constructed version of this podcast and uh, my thoughts and really sort of collected them together and condensed them down over my letterbox if you want to have like a little bit of a read-through, but it's sort of like a, uh, a reassessing of my thoughts um, in a probably more articulated way. Um, and that's my letterbox is at uh, Nalbus, N-A-L-B-I-S. Uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter, at Nalbus underscore and Instagram at Nalbus. I'm just I'm just the same everywhere. Just on Twitter, I got that buddy underscore. Um, so ne- next next episode, look, okay. I don't know what I'll be watching next. and I don't know what I'll be talking about next. But I'm very excited to to see what happens with the Oscars. So you know, and 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 I think we're having the the home release of Spider Man No Way Home eventually. So I'm kind of keen to revisit that and sort of collect my thoughts on that and finally actually do an episode on that uh, because I was very reluctant to do one uh, previously after my you know cinema experience. Not that it was bad. It was just it was just um, I was sort of not too sure how to approach talking about it without sort of addressing sort of the the intense fan reaction to the film and. I really wanted to sort of figure out how I felt about the story and I felt like I didn't have my, my full thoughts all put together. Like what is, what is the actual, the film and, and storytelling, how does that come together and how does that sort of work for me? Um, and I hope re, re-watching the movie sort of helps me with that. Um, but other than that, I'm excited to see what films are coming out soon. We got Sonic so excited cinematic masterpiece sonic 2 um everything everywhere all at once i'm so excited for that film to come out we've got avatar 2 oh man avatar 2 so excited oh 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 um attack on titan uh i'm i'm all about attack on titan right now if you've never watched attack on titan i'd get on that right away just 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 watch attack on titan man um I'm very excited to rewatch the show, but the show is, is very close to its finale. Like it's coming to an end and, and I'm very excited to finally actually really talk about that show possibly in a podcast episode, but also I want to construct a, um, a nice little video essay, um, looking at it from a Freudian angle. Um, I'm really excited to look at that and, and sort of, um, Really look at the show from a very different angle to what I think most other people are looking at it from. I've not really seen many people talk about looking at it from you know a Freudian perspective. So I'm I'm very keen to sort of approach it that way. I'm not really a I'm not really a Freudian expert, or but it's a bit of a challenge for me. Um, and I love the show so much. Just watch it, man. Just watch it. Um, yeah, excited to talk about that. Excited to talk about more films. I'm back, baby. We're talking about movies and I don't... Hopefully I don't take a big break from this podcast again and we stay more consistent. I'm going to the movies more. I'm going to the cinemas more and I'm excited to watch more new movies. Um, I sort of avoid watching a lot of new movies as they come out. But, you know, movies like drive my car and movies like The Power of the Dog really, like, jumping at me saying, like, wow, like, good shit is coming out. Um, It's making me more excited to actually just check out stuff as they come out. Um... So I'm keen to do more episodes of this podcast and keep it going. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Stay safe out there.